0: There's two of them, make sure you got money. Number one, everybody knows that. But secondly, I think an example that I can share from from what I just shared with the um, uh, dropping the ball on all those opportunities is remain humble.
1: everyone. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight-figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great uh, guest on the podcast, Ivan Devostin, as close as I can get to his name. Um, and pretty good, pretty a- good. All right. Just as a quick introduction to Ivan. So Ivan uh, was uh, uh, born, I think, uh, born in Haiti um, and migrated to the U.S. with his parents at about six months uh, or six months of age um, and then grew up in New York till he was about 10 years old and then moved over to Ohio um, and went into sales. So I think he got into sales while he was in school doing something else and decided uh, sales was where he wanted to be um, and then got a job at uh, GE or General Electric. Um, later moved over to career builder, built up a lot of relationships ran into a guy started talking became his business partner um, didn't know what they wanted to do but they were going to do something and that led to where he's at today. so with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast ivan. oh my pleasure devin awesome job you take good notes. <laughs> hey, gotta make sure that we give a good introduction for you so
0: yeah I just gave you. the
1: and I gave the 30 second kind of quick run through of your whole journey and you know, Pretty hard to uh, take it into 30 seconds, so why did not you take us a bit back in time to where your journey started in Haiti and how, uh, how you got to where you're at today?
0: Yeah, so I was a baby when I came over. This was uh, 1970, uh, so the, the uh, disco 70s, and uh, lived in New York. My, my father, who's a physician, psychiatrist, um, uh, decided he wanted to move to, of all places, Lima, Ohio moved there. Diversity kind of became the forefront of everything I was because I went from a neighborhood and schools that was really the United Nations of uh, neighborhoods, of communities, going to a place where I stuck out like a sore thumb. But, and trust me when I say, Devin, there weren't a lot of Haitians living in, in Lima, Ohio at the time.
1: Uh, Fair so enough. I'll take your word. for it. I, been, yeah, I, I lived in for right a while, right. but never been to there. So So now you're growing up there, you know, I'll go ahead.
0: Yeah, so went to school, thought I was going to follow in uh, the family, the family uh, legacy of medicine, Uh, uncles and aunts all in medicine, surgeons, et cetera, Um, uh, but had the opportunity to to discover sales and out of uh, college uh, became very intrigued with the behavior of uh, the sales process, right? Mm-hmm. uh the 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 uh the uh, uh relationship building the uh picking up on sales cues etc
1: it was just fascinating to me so now, one, one, one question to- for that just because so assuming you went to high school out of did you kind of go into sales out of high school did you go to some college and you decide sales as your no, bra- I was, graduate yeah, I, work, kind uh, of word of that go? i went to the university
0: yeah. So I, when I went to the university of Cincinnati, which uh, since you, you spent some time in Cleveland, you, you know, it's the uh, it's by far the best university in the state of Ohio, let alone the country. I'll go, and, I'll go uh, second best, to be the a Western, but I'll give you a second best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah second best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but close, close second, but still second, uh, but go cats. And um, yeah, I, I uh, my undergrad was in natural science. With a concentration in biology, with uh, with the hopes of going into medical school and following in the family footsteps, and mm-hmm. you know, along the way, you know, we all have our own our own little journeys. And I had a buddy who who uh, was in the retail business. He owned a, a chain of furniture stores. You know, kind of unusual for a young twenty, mid twenty something someone to have a chain of stores. Mm. But he uh, he came from that type of background. Uh, both sides of his family were in that industry. So literally, uh, he's two, three years older than me and uh, needed somebody that he could trust to come on board. Next thing you know, I'm working with him. Mm. And he was great at sales. He'd been living this his whole life. I mean, he, he could zero in on somebody who had no intention of buying anything uh, to... By, but before they left, they were signing their, their name on the dotted line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what brings you into the store today? You're looking for anything in particular, all these nuances, you know, reading the customer, picking up on cues, et cetera, uh, and building those relationships so those customers would come back, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of repeat customers. And as, uh, as my sales abilities grew... Uh, I, I ended up going to GE, a uh, great company. And, uh, you know, some people just recognized my my abilities
1: and then um, suggested. So what, yeah, because one question, because, you know, going from a, a smaller sales position to GE, I mean, GE is certainly a big company, has a lot of branches. So how did you, first of all, what made you decide to make that uh, transition over? And then how did you accomplish it?
0: Well, Devin, that's a question not a lot of people have asked me in a very long time. So you got to imagine this was about uh, 25 years ago, <laughs> you know, mm. over 20 years ago. Uh, so my buddy, like a lot of friends, uh, fell in love and decided to get married. And uh, it it was now a family business rather than just one person's business. Mm. And a, a lot of the um, rapport that we had during work and after work didn't necessarily fly anymore. So basically we weren't going to all the parties that we were going to before, hmm. right? So uh, made sense to move on and uh, had the opportunity at General Electric and we were selling um, IT hardware and software. At the time, uh, GE was one of the largest, if not largest, uh, IT software and hardware resellers in the world. Hmm. Uh, they had uh, purchased several entities to to create one huge huge company within ge capital at the time and it was based here in cincinnati which was pretty cool to be part of all that and then uh my one of my supervisors came to me um he said that the only thing i was missing was was uh was a better business sense better uh you know more more acumen in business and he recommended that I that I pursue my MBA, which opened a whole new world to me. I had no idea like the business world really existed. Even though I was in it, I was so focused on sales, but now I realize the true and full impact of sales. I started seeing, you know, everybody's salesperson from the person behind the cashier register asking you if you want extra socks to go with your outfits to. Uh, the salesman at the at the car lot to uh, professionals that are providing a service such as attorneys, mm. uh, accountants, everybody they they need to make you feel comfortable, right? There's certain type of sales that goes to that. You need to feel comfortable from somebody that you're uh, seeking a service from. And through that, um, I had the opportunity to get on board with Career Builder. And really, that was my my wheelhouse. Uh, I oh. I feel as though I'm a people
1: person. So one one question on that: so working at GE, decided, hey, I want to get kind of a bit more business background or acumen or kind of whatever that might be. So went and uh, I assume that you went and did the MBA full time and left GE. Is that right? No, I did my MBA while I was uh, still working.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, was, yeah. will go ahead. I was. Yeah, so I, w- I was, so I was a grown up, just uh, trying to better myself at that point. You know, working full time, and the program that I went to was through a liberal arts college, which I happen to adjunct there to uh, um, upper level students, seniors getting ready to graduate. It's an advanced course, and uh, really a lot of the things that I learned along the way and through MBA because. I really feel, strongly feel that good salespeople are ethical salespeople. They're ethical Mm. people. And they see the the, uh, impact that they have not only on their customer being a good advocate for their company as well. Mm. And really, when you're a good salesperson, you're really bringing new ideas, new methodologies, new thoughts, new technology to organizations that they, that without you, they may never have the opportunity to even consider, let alone try, right? Uh-huh. So I, I like to think salespeople make the world go around. Even if you don't have the title as a salesperson, uh, you, you're, you're bringing yourself, you're selling yourself in, in certain instances, you're selling your products, you're selling your ideas, all those things.
1: So now one because so because so, so, you know, one question to follow up on that so you were working at GE saying okay I'm gonna better myself when got the MBA at what point did you decide to go to um, you know switch jobs and go to the, the more of the uh, recruiting side with the next you know the next step of your adventure was hey you know gone as far as I can with GE or this is a better opportunity or kind of what might uh, cause you to make the switch yeah so at that time if uh, people want to look it up,
0: When uh, GE made all these purchases to become this huge entity within GE Capital, they went from a multi-billion dollar company to $30 million, so billions to just a handful of millions. It was, Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, I was in a division where we were really the only things keeping the last few people afloat, so we so i was in transition when the opportunity to come on board to career builder uh, presented itself as a matter of fact it was a friend that had recommended me to to uh, career builder because she had just given her resignation that day because she she got a job at procter and gamble they were starting a new pharmaceutical division at the time and she just got on board and said, "Hey, I know for a fact they're looking for someone because I gave my two weeks today. Be more than happy to to uh, uh, recommend and refer you." And I'll tell you, it was a great experience. I made some great friends there. Uh, the manager there himself, I got to tell you, if um, if I didn't have that MBA on my resume, I don't think he would have hired me. Mm-hmm. We uh, we're great friends now. We support each other's families. I love their kids and. He uh, he's been over to every event family event here, but I remember him looking at that. He was kind of perplexed and he looked at the bottom and said, Oh, you have your MBA. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you're hired right on the spot. And uh, taught me, uh, taught me a lot of things. I, I I realized that this was really my, my natural space in the human capital uh, uh, world, because I love talking about people. I love connecting people. And focusing on talent acquisition really, you know, gave me gave me what the energy for not only my sales ambitions, but to connect, uh, present, uh, provide, and seek out relationships to grow my business, my personal book of business, and everything else that you can imagine. So it was really a great fit for me. And then as chance would have it, Monster came calling came on the monster, Continue to do that. And right about that time, I started putting some things together. So all yeah. those things I mentioned to you before, it's like, Hey, you know, I, my whole, my whole career, I've primarily been transactional, you know, like these cold calls when I would get somebody on the phone, although I'm a relational person, always open to meeting people, wanting to, to share everything that, I had to offer to them, I was really transactional. You know, Hmm. I really coveted that one call sale, that one call close uh, or speeding through the process to deliver whatever I needed to deliver. And what I discovered is when I did my best and when I when I when I really brought it home, the the big
1: ones, it Hmm. was through relationships and solution selling right now let me so so now you you know and it makes sense you know okay you get into love sales evolve in your business or evolve in your career you know to expand and to take on additional roles and you go through you know a couple companies come calling now maybe jumping forward just a bit in time now looking kind of at the how you got into doing you know startup small business working with the other individually doing how did that transition or how did that come about
0: yeah so um you know, pretty much with the relationships that I'm building, right? I learned how to, Hey, we're not just selling these widgets. I'm not selling a commodity. Yeah. I may, those may be what I enter or start the conversation with what begins the whole process. So I started seeing how building these relationships led to multiple opportunities that recurred over and over and over again. I like mm-hmm. to call it being a trusted advisor, mm-hmm. right? So my wife, when we got married, she would get angry at me because my phone was ringing all, to- all hours of the day and night and on weekends. And I would just smile at her. And I'm like, hey, if a client calls me on a Saturday morning, then I know I've got a great relationship with them. So mm-hmm. pushing that to where, taking that to uh, what you asked me, I had the entrepreneurial spirit And ran into a gentleman called Sean Hamilton, who I like to share with others that he is an Air Force veteran. And as we started chatting, getting to know each other, we had a lot of similarities and our approaches to to business were very, very similar. Um, And he really wanted to find ways to to uh, grow career wise Grow professionally and at the same time give back to mm-hmm. not only those that he that he served with, but his community and as much to the country as he could. Mm-hmm. And one way that we thought that we could do that was, you know, through recruiting and providing opportunities to individuals uh, that all these companies had to offer. Match them up, right? And mm-hmm. with um, and when uh, um, the opportunity arose, we provide some diversity. Uh, diversity recruiting because the military is uh, and veterans and their family members to us are considered part of that diversity spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. You've got, you got, they travel around, they bring it, they bring a per, uh, different perspectives, different global knowledge to whatever organization that they want. And truly in my eyes and in my partner's eyes, we view diversity as bringing deep diversity of knowledge and experiences to whatever group entity organization that, that you're uh, able to bring it to. So mm. we created our organization, Hamilton Demo, around that premise. And then we also certified ourselves as a certified veteran-owned company, VBE, within the Department of Veteran Affairs, which we're very proud of. And um, with that, we've done some pretty cool things. And so to my point... Uh, We've started conversations where we're doing executive search or placement, uh, maybe filling a recruiting need uh, that is immediate. But from there, we've helped consult around the whole talent acquisition or recruiting process within organizations. Uh, We started off um, working with enterprise companies,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, but over the past few years, uh, and we've been around going on our fourth year. but um over the past few years, we've realized that the bulk of our revenue comes from smaller, medium sized companies that are growing. There's a lot of them out there. And you know they they, as they ramp up and as they grow, they have a lot of uh, recruiting needs, not just only with human capital, but with technology and processes as well. And we've been able to integrate different solutions from strategic partners and and other resources that we have to help those organizations. So we've become stickier. We've become more valued. We've become that trusted advisor where we help them with pretty much a lot of things outside of even talent acquisition, right? So mm-hmm. it's been a fun ride so far. Uh, got a lot of things on, on the deck that we're super excited about from uh, new clients to clients that we've worked with, with um, in the past couple of years that have introduced us to uh, other clients in uh, everything from nonprofits to uh, colleges and universities and um, also other growing companies. And gosh, Devin, um it's it's exciting. I mean, we're we're getting ready. We're getting ready to embark on um, some deeper opportunities for government sales as well. So this is an exciting time for us.
1: Well, sounds like a lot going on and a, a pretty exciting time. So no, that was a, a fun walk through a, a bit of your journey and hearing kind of the the different pivots and transitions you make. So with that in mind, you know, time that kind of leads us to the two questions I always ask at the end of the podcast. So we'll jump to those now. So, with a along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what'd you learn from it? Oh, wow
0: so let me um this is a this is a good one. so people share that you can drown from opportunity, and I experienced that firsthand. I never thought that could happen uh but we we uh connected with a wonderful person. Who, who uh shared with us his his ability to, to help generate leads for us. Mm-hmm. And we were like, hey, let's let's take advantage of this. Well, Devin, let me tell you, th- this is one of the worst business decisions we made because not because it didn't work, it worked too well. We were not prepared for the influx of leads that came that came to us. Uh, Mm -hmm. We didn't have the internal uh, infrastructure to support and to manage it. And what that led to was a lot of confusion uh, Mm -hmm. within our company to the point where we did not look professional at all. We dropped the ball so many times. It was really a bad experience. And those clients that we missed out on, that we didn't put our best foot forward, I uh, although although we may never reconnect with those individuals or companies, uh, we want them to know that we learned from it <laughs> and we're no. better. That will never happen again, right? No, and I
1: think that that, that definitely makes sense. And you know, it's an is this one where you, you you think it'll never happen, and it's a good problem to have in the sense it's always better to have too much work than it is to not have enough work. And yet people think, oh, you can get taken care of, you can handle it. But if on the other hand, if you are now your quality is suffering, if you're not able to make the deadlines, if you're not meeting expectations. Because yeah. you have so much work, then it makes it difficult. And then people start to have a bad experience and it can actually have the reverse effect of people or, you know, you get a bad reputation or they give you bad reviews or they don't want to come yeah. back. And, and so I think there is that balance where you have to make sure as you grow that you can maintain the same level of service and you have the ability to grow with that so that you can make sure to keep a good experience for everyone. So I think that's a, a great, uh, great, or an easy mistake to make, but something great to learn from. Yeah. Now, as we as we jump to the second question, which is, um, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: So if I can use that same example that that I used, there's obviously tons of example, um, examples of advice that you can give. Um, there's two of them. Make sure you got money, number one. Everybody knows that. But secondly, I think a, an example that I can share from, from what I just shared with the... Um, uh, dropping the ball on all those opportunities is remain humble because you can be humble but still not be humble I feel like I'm humble but truly as you're gaining success and you start to feel really good about yourself um I really felt like I could handle anything my partner felt that we like we were just things are just Everything that came up to the plate, we were we were knocking it, we were knocking it out of the park. So hey, if you're going to generate us leads, just send them over. We'll 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 make it happen. Well, you know what? Uh, that was probably an opportunity that hey, even as good as we were feeling and the right, we had the right to feel that way. A little bit of humble pie may have allowed us to take a deep breath and kind of gauge things a little bit better. So we would not have experienced that. So I'd say remain humble. And, uh, uh, you know, in connection with that too, I guess I'm answering three questions, (laughs) giving you three answers, but as you remain humble, always try to do the best for your clients and for everybody around you. I think Mm. if you, if you try to, to keep to that, um, seek success um and as you're being successful and growing and and attaining all these great things that entrepreneurship and being a business owner can give you you bring others up with you and make other organizations better there's
1: no better feeling than that i think that's great advice and that was great answers to the question so thank you so yeah, my pleasure. Well, as we uh, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to hire you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more?
0: Well, I I love to share my phone number. People tell me not to, but I'm going to share my phone number because I'm a salesperson, and every salesperson at their heart wants to give out their phone number, and that's five one three. 257-9683. 513-257-9683. And Devin, I'll really quick story. I said that number so often uh, in front of my laptop on the phone that my kids memorized that number. And when they were little at school, they whenever uh, I was late to pick them up, they would recite that <laughs> that number just the way I said it there. So please give me a call. Also, you can go to Hamilton Demo. That's Hamilton D E M O dot com. And you can find out all you want about us. And my number is on the site as well. Or you can feel free to send us an email. That email is there. You can send it to Ivan with the Y, Y V A N at Hamilton Demo.com, or you can send it to admin at HamiltonDemo.com. Or give, uh, or give Devin a call, shoot him a shoot him a line. He'll be more than happy to share the information with you.
1: Absolutely. Heard, I think that's great ways to connect and definitely encourage people to, to reach out and do so. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Ivan, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Um, just go to inventiveguest.com to apply to be on the show. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player say no one all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so everyone else can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Ivan, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Yeah, thanks,
0: man.